Hey folks, before we get started, I want to let you know about our sponsor, Gainswave. You may have seen some of my recent posts on this company and the results I've experienced. If you're not familiar with Gainswave, it's a safe, comfortable treatment for men to optimize sexual performance and to reverse the effects of erectile dysfunction due to lower blood flow. Gainswave utilizes high-frequency, low-intensity sound waves to improve blood flow to the penis, remove microplaque, and stimulate the growth of new blood vessels. I personally didn't have any issues in that department, but what initially excited me about Gainswave was listening to Dave Asprey's book, Game Changers, and how it took his sexual performance to a whole other level. Then I saw Ben Greenfield's results, and it put me over the edge. By the way, check out his blog posts on it if you haven't, because they're really informative, and they're actually hilarious. I've gotten all six treatments, and I can tell you I'm a different man. I'm not joking. Uh, This has made a real positive impact on my performance. My confidence uh, has gone up, and of course, my relationship with Maura. If you want to learn more, check out gainswave.com slash fat. You'll be able to search for providers in your area and even get a free session. That's gainswave.com slash fat. And now, on to the show. Welcome to the Fat Fuel Family Podcast, where every week, Danny and Mauda Vega discuss topics that help families live a healthy and active lifestyle with their little ones, including nutrition and training, peaceful parenting, education, and mindset. To stay up to date, make sure to hit subscribe on this podcast and check out the blog at www.fatfuel.family. You can also find them on Facebook and Instagram at dannyvega.ms, at fatfueledmom, and at fatfueledkids, and fatfueledfamily on YouTube. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Fat Fuel Family Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Vega, and I'm joined by my lovely wife, Maura. How are you, my love? I'm doing good. What are you up to right now? Uh, are we going to tell <laughs> people every single time? Well, I'm kind of like fixing my nails right now because it yeah. makes me focus better to do yeah, she, multiple things. She has, um, this is all about efficiency right now. And yeah, we're actually exactly. going to talk a little bit time, but that's, about that I'll with our guests randomly because um, <laughs> he seems to have some of these things figured out on how to be efficient. <laughs> Um, but we find that like when we talk to our friends and like a lot of people are in the same boat, like we, we all think that each other have it figured out and it turns out we're all winging it. We're all winging it. So <laughs> it'd be interesting to get our, our guest take on, on that. But um, this week's guest has been a filmmaker since middle school. He's also built and sold a tech company, worked as a mechanical engineer, and now quit his job to devote the rest of his life to this cause. Brian Sanders has been investigating this information for many years, but after quitting his job, he's done almost nothing but research every single aspect of diet and health for the past year plus. He's read dozens of books, probably closer to two years at this point. Watched, oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. watched dozens of films, watched hundreds of lectures and presentations, and over a thousand hour, hours of podcast episodes on this subject. He looked at all the different approaches and figured out what the common truths are and what's BS. He now understands the unifying theory of nutrition that pulls together all sides, from paleo to vegan. Nobody's really talking about this. Everyone's too busy being blinded by their tribe. And he's also put his research into practice and now at age 35, or are you older than 35? I just turned 36. Just turned 36. He's in the best shape of his life. His vitals and blood work are flawless, and he hasn't been sick in four years. The same goes for countless family and friends, as well as millions around the world. We're really excited to hear all about this, as well as his Food Lies documentary. Welcome to the show, Brian Sanders. What's up, man? Awesome. Thank you. Man, I'm I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Oh, doing we're great. super excited to have you on, man. Um, just everything from you know what you've been doing with Food Lies that we've been kind of following for yeah, over a year now, on. and eating nose to tail. My gosh, that's Amazing. that's been a great addition for us. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we're just happy to talk to you, man. I love it. I and and yeah, I've been following along with you guys as well, and love everything you're doing. 
Thank you. Awesome. Well, let's get right into it. We always lead off with the question, what is the most critical problem you are currently trying to solve? Yeah, yeah. So I figured out my main problem is is the communication. Communication. Yeah. <laughs> I can't yeah. even say communication. <laughs> it's like getting this this message across, right? Yeah. I, I deal with a lot of vegans and a lot of hate and a lot of different people with different ideas that are conflicting. And my big thing is how to communicate better, right. you know, our message, our ancestral health message, our this kind of thing. And then how to communicate better with people in general, right? Yeah. It's like, how do we all get along? Yeah, <laughs> say, yeah, say, yeah. Right? It's like, how can we find common truths and common things that we both agree on, and then we can move the discussion forward in a positive way. So it's all about communication. Absolutely. I'm making a film, you know, doing a podcast, doing all kinds of stuff about communicating the message. And that's what you guys are doing, communicating the message. So that's kind of like our biggest job as a community, really. Yeah. Have yeah. you have you by any chance, I'm wondering if you've looked at all into like um, nonviolent communication? Not, I mean, not specifically. I don't know. I think it's a, I think it's a really, um, I learned about it from, I used to. Parenting stuff, right? Yeah. Like, well, parenting and also from, um, what's his name? The the crazy guy who we used to follow that used to always get arrested for. Oh, Adam Kokesh. Adam Kokesh. This guy. <laughs> like, Non-aggression principle. Yeah. He, he was, you know, very, the type of guy, like we're, we're, you know, hardcore libertarians. So like we, we followed this guy and, you know, he was one of those divisive people, but he would always do things to, to like kind of put himself in, you know, get, get arrested and things like that. And then he like dancing at, what did he do? He like he danced, danced at the, at the, the uh, Washington Memorial, I think. Right. The he was Lincoln like just Memorial, dancing. It was and they're like, you can't dance. And he's and like, so he just got, dancing. But he changed his, his whole approach um, when he learned about nonviolent communication and there's, you know, courses that you could take. And it just allows us to, what you were talking about, you know, like find where we, what we have in, in, you know, common. Yeah, in common. Common, yeah, grounds, the yeah. common ground. Yeah. So it's uh, just definitely something to look at maybe hopefully um obviously harder to implement than to learn but maybe it would would help all of us if we we learned a little bit more about it so that we could you know just stop being so reactive to things like just because someone it's like every time i see these arguments online i see a meme in my mind and it's this little kid who's really really angry and it says stop liking what i don't like and and that's basically what it is like we're getting angry at people because they're they're liking things we don't like or they're they're you know talking about things that we don't agree with and we don't even stop to consider like maybe some of it's true or or maybe you know we don't even we're not able to separate like things like that so if if someone is like a jerk oh that guy's a jerk i'm not going to listen to what he says you know all those things so i get it man i'm 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 there with you and sometimes Mm -hmm. i get caught up in it um (laughs) we're all human Yeah. <laughs> we all do. It happens. So. so let's first talk about where you are with food lies, because we are being inundated daily with new false information. We're being silenced by search engines like Google. Wikipedia articles are being completely erased, like was what was done to Vinnie Tortorich. And we're fighting this very steep uphill information battle. So before we even continue, we would like to know where you are with this documentary and what we can all do to make sure it's distributed to a large audience and promote it as aggressively as possible. So where are you and and how can we and our audience help you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're, we're wrapping up filming. We've had our last film shoot in, well, we went to Tara Couture's farm, Slowdown Farmstead. Shout out anyone on Instagram. Yes. Please follow follow at Slowdown Farmstead. Ditto. She (laughs) doing the best, the best things I can imagine. Best food, best. She's raising all her own, um, animals and plants and everything she does is from scratch and butchers it herself you know kills the animal herself with her husband unbelievable experience went up there and filmed with her so she's gonna be a part of the film 
Amazing. Uh, so that was amazing film tour when went to Toronto. Then we also went to San Diego, caught a bunch of these great scientists and researchers and doctors. And Dr. Gary Feck, he was in from Australia. And amazing. we got an interview with him. We got Dr. Hasina Kaji from South Africa, worked wow. with Tim Noakes. All this awesome stuff going on. So we just finished filming that two weeks ago. And now we're just heavily editing. And we've been editing for a while. Uh, but we're also getting all that footage in and really working on all these graphics. That's really important to me is to present this information to people in a fun way and a visual way and something that they can understand. And like, not everyone is like us. We're like the nutrition nerds, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like right. obsessing over all this stuff and really getting details. Like we need to have, you know, we have like 95 minutes to get this information across right. to a general audience, right? It's like my whole goal with this film is like, how can we get all this across without reading all the stuff you listed. I had to read a thousand books, and yeah. podcasts and lectures and this, this. It's okay. How do we get across in 95 minutes to an everyday person so that they can have a takeaway message that makes sense and that isn't just like these other films that I've seen, which are great. You know, there's all kinds of films out there. Like there's some like lesser known low carb films where it's just like you have to do low carb or like you, this is keto is the only way to go or right. just don't, or the, some of these mainstream ones are like, just don't eat sugar. And we're like, I get it. I, I, you know, don't eat sugar at McDonald's. Everyone's like, yeah, I know. I want to do more than that. Yeah, I don't want to just go deeper. Do as deep. So, and, and also, I mean, magic pill, like there's nothing, I, I love it. Pete Evans is amazing. The magic pill is great, but it's like all oh, keto, 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 yep. keto does everything. I'm like, okay, I, I love keto. You know, I, yeah. I basically am keto most of my life, but I'm not going to make a film that's just like, you have to do this, or this is the only way, yeah. or it's magic, even though it kind of is magic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It is magic. Way. You know, like, I, so p part of my strategy as a filmmaker is not making mistakes that other people made. So I, I'd go look up reviews of The Magic Pill and see the criticism, right? Oh, yeah. that's great. Right? So then right. The people are like, oh, like, you know, just made it seem like it just cures ADHD in 10 seconds. And, you know, you just... And it can help with ADHD, right? And it, it does a lot. It's like, why are you feeding your kids sugar and grains and all this stuff? And have them nonstop, you know, energy swings and blood sugar swings and all this. And and then, you know, there's the whole gut thing and your brain and all this. But we, we you can't just throw that out to a general audience. Yeah, you can't. And, and, and let them, because it, it just seems like it's a magic pill. Yeah. Right. right? Yeah. You don't want to make these bold claims. You kind of have to be more tactful. Right. Yeah. And I think, I think like if we are able to, like, you, it goes back to your communication thing. Like, um, it's not the... It's not the fact that keto is a cure to everything. It's the thought that food can be medicine or it can hurt you. And I think people can understand that a little bit better. Like to me, I love the message of, you know, like the Weston A. Price Foundation and, you know, Dr. Kate Shanahan and, and all these people that are that are not they're not they talk about sugar, of course, but right. they're they're talking about a more it's simple to grasp, you know traditionally prepared foods, real food, you know, sustainably. And, you know, even nowadays we need regenerative practices, but like, right. you know, at least sustainably, you know, uh, raised and humanely raised. That to me is going to appeal to so many more people because then then we see fighting between paleo people and keto people. I'm like, yeah, guys, we're, on. we're on the same. Yeah, we're on the we're same, the same group unless you're talking about, you know, eating keto and just eating a bunch of sweeteners and packaged crap, then we're not quite on the same page. But in general, we're kind of on the same page. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I just love that more nuanced approach. Love Weston Price. Love Kate Shanahan. I read her book, Deep Nutrition. Yes. Um, it, 
I just, and that's why I actually talked to Dr. Anthony J yesterday on awesome. a long podcast. And I know you guys are friends and we yes. talked before that we started recording, but he is really excited about this approach too. And, and really embraces it is that there's so many ways to do things. There's so many, so much going on. Like what are the big things that are, people are doing well? Right. Right. What are these big pillars of health? And then what are the big pillars of what not to do? Right. And that's, kind of what not a lot of these communities are talking about. Like there's this carnivore community that just like all plants are bad. Right? Yeah, They're not right. looking at the nuances. They're not looking at the big things. That, so I'm really interested in that. Uh, I guess, yeah, to give a preview of the film and what it's all about is we, we take a look at an evolutionary approach, right? We start from the beginning and like what are humans designed to eat? Right? Are we designed to eat meat? Are we designed to plant? Like, what you know? What's the story here? How have our bodies changed? Like, we're not we're not primates, right? These yeah. vegan arguments, like, hey, we should just be eating a bunch of fruit and leaves. I'm like, no, we're not <laughs> primates anymore, right? Nope. We talked to a great professor of archaeology and anthropologist, Dr. Bill Schindler. Anyone should look him up. He's great. Um, we did a YouTube video with him on the Food Lies YouTube. He's like, we're not designed to eat meat. We're not designed to eat bread. We're not designed to eat a lot of things. But our bodies changed in response to us getting these nutrient-dense like animal foods, right? And, and now we require them. Our guts got smaller. Our brains got bigger. We, humans aren't – we don't have claws. Like, we don't have fangs. I get it. You know, these vegan arguments like, oh, what are we like? We're not like a saber-toothed tiger. You don't just like tear into, you know, a, a, an animal with your mouth. Like yeah, I know. Humans <laughs> right. are smart. We are. The whole thing is we, we're tool makers. Like right. this is we use tools and our brains to to uh, process food, to make fire, to increase the nutrient density of foods. So it's so interesting to me. Bill Schindler's approach is like we process foods outside of our body. That's the big thing, right? We pre-digest things right. like fermented foods. Right? These are pre-digesting them. They're getting out the anti-nutrients. And they're helping us access more of the good nutrients, more probiotics, more different things like that, that that helps us get more nutrition out of them, right? Or the meat, or we cook meat, or we cut it up, or we, we do all kinds of things to make the nutrients more bioavailable. And that's why we are so successful as a species. And, and now we require this nutrient-dense food, and we can't sit around eating leaves like raw leaves and fruit. Like you'd have to eat 99% of the day to try to get enough nutrition out of that. Yeah, I think uh, right. a gorilla eats like it's either 40 or 60 pounds They're of vegetation day. a day, right? It's something something like that. Yeah. That sounds yeah, terrible. It, it sounds terrible. Imagine. Yeah, like, it sounds terrible. It really does. It's so many things. So when you look at it from these perspectives, it, it kind of all these vegan arguments kind of disappear, right? You yeah. Know, it's like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's part of the film is like looking at evolution, looking at what we're supposed to eat, then where we went wrong, right? You just yeah. talked to Vinnie Tordert. She made the film Fat. So yeah. that's a great story of where we went wrong, right? That's right. kind of uh, – I don't – I'm glad we're not making the exact same film. We actually almost made Food Lies together. We oh, met a year wow. and a half ago yeah, Amazing. in L.A. and started trying to – make it and then we realized we were just we we're on the two different pages too many cooks in the kitchen we just right. made our own films instead but you know where we went wrong right what why did we start thinking that <laughs> grains and, sh and all these breads and sugar should be the, the base of our food pyramid and then then we look at the modern science right it's like okay what what do we know now 
you know, now we yeah. have so many more research tools, even just even the like ability to do better experiments and, right. and figure yeah. things out. Yep. And then, so it's like, what are we should be eating? Let's look at all these approaches. Let's look like what's the commonalities between pescatarian and paleo and keto and carnivore. Well, they have a lot of things in common, right? Yeah. They're, right. they're avoiding processed foods, they're avoiding car- refined grains, sugars, vegetable oils. They're, they're, um, they're eating nutrient dense foods. You're, you're eating plants, uh, vegetables and meats. And, you know, the pescatarian side, it's like, yeah, they're getting seafood. It's like, yeah. I'm not going to tell everyone you have to be a carnivore or you have to eat 95% meat, even though I do. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. but it's like, hey, if you're getting like 20% of your food from, you know, fish and eggs, good for you. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. nutrient dense foods right Absolutely. there. And then, so. So it's like, what, what are the commonalities? What are people not doing? And then we even take a look at the uh, the environmental side, right? It all lines up. That's kind of the big thing with this film that really makes me know that we're on the right track here. Yeah. And that, say, a vegan or these sort of propaganda films aren't, is that everything makes sense. Like once we look at all these factors, even the environment factor, right. when you look at cows, they help the environment, right? Yes. They help build the soil health. They we we get fertilizer from them. They give back to the environment, right? These these monocrops, these kind of if you're just growing plants, it's a one way street. Right? Yeah. The plants need nitrogen and different fertilizers. And how if you don't get them from animals and mixed farms like they're supposed to be, where right. you're growing a, a farm, you know, animals and plants together, you have to get it from fossil fuels, right? You gotta get these fake fertilizers. So so there's all these holes in you know the vegan idea of what we should be doing but with our sort of ancestral approach it all makes sense it does yes it lines up yeah it lines up it really does that missing piece of the puzzle too so i'm glad i'm glad you brought up uh dr kate shanahan and the book deep nutrition um and they uh dr shanahan talks about how prevalent traditional how prevalent traditionally prepared nose to tail meals were and Mm -hmm. as recently as you know 1953 the joy of cooking cookbook a best-selling perennial recipe book contained recipes for broths organ meat recipes and even brain recipes how did Mm. the late 50s changed that and why do you think we had to cut out all this good stuff to support the failed dietary mm. heart hypothesis this is, yeah this is such a long story we it's, it it's crazy how we i like to tell people a lot of people use this line it's like we're not saying this is a new way to eat exactly. this is we're just remembering the old way to eat <laughs> yeah. right right, right. It's, like, yeah. it's not new we just we got lost and I think it's we have this macronutrient misinformation. Yeah. It's like it's funny that we got each macronutrient wrong. We got protein wrong. It's it's all around the fifties, and there's a whole story here that I'm I'm not going to go all into the that story. Other people probably have done it about yeah. the science we got wrong. But it's like we had this idea that meat was bad, that saturated fats bad, cholesterol is bad, right? So if we, we we thought this was bad, so let's eat red less red meat. Okay, so we got we got that wrong. Then it's like, okay, we need more grains, we need more breads, all this stuff. So we got carbs wrong, and then we got we got fat wrong again because we thought saturated fat was bad. So we just made all these recommendations, the exact opposite of what we've yep. always been doing to be healthy. Yeah, and that's then of, that's so weird. It's so weird, and it's just it's like, wait, how did you think that doing processing foods, like doing all these things, would be better than what nature did? The the main but I can kind of see how it happens because it's like there was this idea of modernization and like even food processing was like this cool modern thing. And we in the, the World War II, we figured out how to make like 
rations that would last in troops in the field, you know? And it's right. like, oh, this is like, it's like, it's almost like the NASA, like Tang, we made all these like cool oh, things. Yeah. Like, yeah. This is like science. This yeah, is advancement. Technology, right. Yeah. And like Crisco, it's like, they have these ads oh. for, you know, be a modern, they, you know, they're targeting women. It's like, be a modern wife, like use Crisco. Like, don't be like stuck in your grandma's age using lard. You know? Wow. wow that's, that's I so never true. thought of that. No, that's so true. The ads like, were like even you're like so that. old fashioned. Where, get with the times, you know? Get with the times. That was in like, the 50s, right? That was in the 50s. It's like 50s and 60s. Like, be a modern wife, housewife. Use a vacuum cleaner. Like, use a dishwasher. These are all these <laughs> awesome inventions. Right. And so that was huge. And then the food industry is huge. I'm not a conspiracy guy. You know, people like to say, oh, there's, this big, there's these big governments trying to keep us fat and sick and all this kind of weird stuff. Like, no, they, it's just a bunch of food companies that want to make money. Yeah, right? it's just and incentives. Everything yeah, works on incentives. incentives. What incentives do they have to, 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 for you to be healthy? There's none. That's, that's how it happened. Yeah. So it's like they got the green light with this bad science to, to, you know, if fat's bad, then carbs must be good. Let's just shove carbs and sugar and everything because it's not going to taste good unless, right. <laughs> you know, once we take the fat out. And then the food, it just happened. It's just like this snow snowballing effect that it's to get us where we are today. But it, it, there was no conspiracy. It was just we made some mistakes. We had some bad ideas. We thought meat was bad. We thought fat was bad. And then it just went from there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I, I don't know, like, it just, it upsets me because it cut out all the organs too. And it cut out all these these healing foods it, along with the, the, the we, we totally just took our eye off of that side of things, you know, like how who food could be medicine. Yeah, it was like and, collateral damage. Yeah, it, it's collateral damage. We lost like the, the, these these vitamins that that yeah. we had, and that, and then we came we back. Had fortified. Vitamins. And then we yeah, then we came back and we we we, we extracted them and and right. under a high heat process put them into pills, and then we're selling them back to people at you know hundreds of times more right. than what it would cost to to make a broth with like a, a sheep's head in it or something right. like that. You know, it's just it's crazy, but. Along with this uh, this whole thing with the organs, I want to stay with here because I love the organs. Um, when you were doing your research, um, how far along did you go before you started to see the importance of eating nose to tail and consuming those healing foods? Because, of course, you know, eating traditionally prepared food, all those things. But how far did you get before you, mm. you started to see like the importance of, of, you know, awful and all that? Yeah, it really is a journey. I feel like yeah. there's this progression yeah, that everyone goes totally through. Is. And, and you know, you see people along that process. There's even a progression towards carnivore. You know, you, yeah. you guys seen that, right? Oh, it's yeah. like first you're paleo, then you're keto, then you're carnivore. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You move That's up it. the ladder. But uh, it, it takes a while to, to like get your mind wrapped around it and to start putting all this stuff into practice even. Like that's the same thing happened to me. I was kind of low carb for a while and I thought I was doing okay. Right. And all I did, I just cut out like most of the carbs, half the carbs and sugar. And I'm like, oh man, I'm doing great. And then it works for so long. Yeah, it works. And you're like, yeah. And then I realized, then I find I learned more and more. This is, you know, two and a half years ago. And then you're like, oh, what if I, I need to go all in. And then I got fat adapted. Like I actually cut out like all of it and a whole, a whole new world open. Yep. Right. I, I lost three, like I was always like a lean athletic guy and I lost three board short sizes, wow. three inches off my waist. I was like, what? Like where I didn't, where did this even go? <laughs> I think I saw a picture of that, of that exact, those board shorts. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I still have those. I still wear them and they just, they always fall off. I don't know why I wear them to work out. <laughs> They're like, I have to like fold them over to try to stay on. But yeah, the, 
it's so so that was part of the progression, right? So first you, you start eating less processed foods and then you cut out the carbs more and more and then you're like, yeah. oh my God, I feel amazing. And what's really cool for me is I used to have tons of overuse injuries from using the computer, kind of like oh, carpal tunnel yes. type stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. I used to be a mechanical engineer, right? And I, I had to stop working as a mechanical engineer because it was so bad. And wow. then, and it stayed with me for eight years. And then all of a sudden, I after a couple months, I, I cut out those last bit of sugars and grains and everything. It went away. Wow. I was like, what? Like, yep. how is this possible? It's been eight years of this and nothing worked. Completely went away. And then... It wasn't an experiment, really, but uh, there a couple of years ago at the Super Bowl, I had a thing, had a party, had all this junk food. Then I started eating it. There's all these leftovers in my house. I was like, oh, whatever, I'm going to eat it. And it came back. Yep. Like these wow. these wrist problems came back. I couldn't use the computer. And so I was like, all right, it is true. You know, it's yep. not. And, and so, so, okay, so, so you go on this progression. Then I started learning more. I read Nutrition and Physical Degeneration, the Weston A. Price book. Oh, eye-opening yeah. book right yep. it's it's a long slog to get through uh you can kind of read in pieces i read the high level stuff first and then i went back to see to read each account of each place right. that western price visited yeah so Amazing. so yeah so then i was like okay wow all these cultures around the world completely separate he was like in melanesia he was up at the swiss alps he was in australia he was in africa and all these Cultures had the same practices of eating highly nutrient-dense animal foods, especially around pregnancy. And they'd be eating the organ meats and they'd be eating the fish eggs. And they'd be, I was like, whoa, okay, there's something to this. You know, you see these pictures of all their teeth and their mouths and their faces are completely different eating, you know, these ancestral foods. So, yeah, that was huge for me getting to that level of, okay, now I understand why this is important. Then you look into the more of the nutrition side and like the more of the details of of why this works it's cool that they figured it out without knowing any of the science right? Right. yeah that's yeah. the best that's like then, this feels yeah, good because they really had to it. like yeah. figure it out yeah it's all trial and error yeah it's like oh man this guy who's like killing all this liver his like him and his wife have like strong babies you know yeah <laughs> yep 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 i love it yeah so so that it, it is a progression and then you kind of learn to like it. I was like, oh, liver's kind of gross because I didn't grow up with it. And then you like develop a taste for it. And then, you know, then you figure out ways to do it. Like you mix it in with the hamburger, you know, you hamburger meat, meat and mix some livers in. Yeah. Yeah. Ma- Maura, um, my wife, she's she's like at first, she's always kind of squeamish when I start doing stuff. Like I'm like, I put brains in your ground beef. You well, know, because I never like, grew no. up with it, but it's so true that you do acquire a taste. Even me, like I start to cr- like when we go on vacation and we're eating out and we're not doing our organ meats every every week, I start to crave it. I'm yeah. like, I can't wait to have my organ meat burger <laughs> yeah. when I get home. And I even like I even I, I, I diluted it so much more at the beginning. Like I would I would put like way less liver and yeah, then I just kept bumping up the, the liver and she's like, this tastes more like liver and I like it. I'm like, yeah, that's hot. Do it. That's- <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a trick. Move it up. I'm like, I'm, I'm there. Yeah. I'm like, make it more livery. Yeah. yeah I yep. love it. All right. L- let's talk about the most brilliant name for a meat <laughs> company ever created. Yes. Um, so good. Cause I, I love I was just talking to my friend about this this morning. Cause eat nose to tail. Um, it's not only a cool name, but it's a call to action, yeah. which I freaking love. Like, yeah. it's like eat nose the tail, you know. Uh, I'm I'm starting my my own food company. I'm in the very early stages, so I'd love to hear all about the process you went through in conceiving mm. this idea and and bringing it to market. Yeah, it's great. It's funny because Paul Saladino, he, uh, I'm becoming good friends with him, and he he's great. He's he's like, how did you get nose the tail? How I can't believe you got nose the tail. That's the best company name ever. Nose. 
and it's also great because he says nose to tail every 10 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> That's so true. And he's on like 100 podcasts per week. So it's like nose to tail, yeah. nose to tail, count. nose to tail. Let's count. It's so true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's now it's been like a year in the making, really. Uh, I, I always had this idea of bringing all the parts of nutrition together. Yeah. You know, I was like, okay, I'm going to make a movie. I'll like have a book, I'll have a podcast. I'll do all the media side. And then I'm partnered now with a doctor. Right. So oh, awesome. uh, we're, we're working, I work as a health coach a lot too, and, and get to see, work with people and patients, you know, and see how all this stuff really plays out. Right. There's one thing in theory and there's one thing in real life. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm like, okay, we'll do some medical stuff and I'm building some technology to help do that with health coaches and doctors and patients and get the, get it all on the same page. This is a whole nother story. So, um, there's a health and technology side. And then I was like, food and farming, that's a big thing, right? How can we do farming better? How can we change our agricultural practices? How can we get people to have good, healthy food? And I always thought it was going to be this five-year plan. You know, <laughs> Okay, maybe one day, you know, if I ever make any money on this film, or I, you know, maybe one day I'll have some money and we'll do some big <laughs> company, right? And I was right. like, oh, no, I could. And I, I just started talking to a lot of people, a lot of farmers, a lot of ranchers. And I, I finally figured out how to do it. You know, just That's there's, amazing. There's, it's just it wasn't a big process. I partnered with a great ranch in Texas, and you know, just a few months of working out logistics, figuring some things out, and yeah, uh, we do everything grass finished. Everything's pasture raised. It's it's great, and we just ship it out to people in all forty eight states. Amazing. Um, there was something I think you have uh, you have uh, salmon roe, right? Not on the site. I okay. was trying to figure that out. You, that's a hard one because yeah. you can't let that thing get warm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I, I usually buy mine in bulk from Vital Choice, and then I'll, I'll literally cut into. Uh, I'll have it in the freezer. You send it frozen. I'll cut a block mm. with a knife, and I'll that little block will last us a few days in the fridge, and then we'll just keep cutting blocks mm. out. Um, yeah, that's a good one. I, I wanted to. Tr- I want to try to see if I can get that in the box because we're already selling. You know, big boxes that are oh, nice. refrigerated. Like you know, they boxes. dry ice. You know, of meat. It's like, why not throw in some salmon around there? Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's good stuff. So, you know, one of the things that I like, I've been dealing with for a while, and you may not know this, but I was like a religious tracker. chronic tracker. Yeah, mm. like I was mm-hmm. tracking everything always. I'm telling you, I have I have my fitness pal data going back until 2011. Mm-hmm. So I, I've just been incessantly tracking everything and I've never fully given it the the chance to just say I'm not gonna track and like I was I've been going through this this period here of of kind of taking knowledge and putting it into practice in all these different areas and I'm like looking at where am I not living congruently? Where is there some inconsistencies? And one of the biggest ones was this tracking. And mm-hmm. I want you to know something the the <laughs> final straw that made me decide to stop tracking calories was when I received your meat for the first time and it didn't have the macros on <laughs> oh, it. Oh no. And I, I, I was like, I thought it was brilliant. I was like, I'm this like, is, ha. this is, this is perfect. And, and someone asked me about the macros on the meat and You're I was like, I, like, I have no great. idea and I love mm-hmm. it. And I think it's brilliant. And I'm wondering if your personal beliefs on what is important when we look at food, did that have a part in your decision to just not put that nutrition data in there? Um, I didn't, I didn't consciously make the decision, but it's a hundred percent what I believe. Yeah. And I feel like I've kind of turned people off when I talk to other people or maybe another podcast I've been on when, they, cause they're all into track, they're all into this or they, you right. know, like we need to measure ketones or we need to do this. I'm just like, Hey, it should be intuitive. It's meat. Like, yes, yes. Like, yeah, just Plus like it's eating, meat. You didn't eat any carbs. You're <laughs> <in ketosis. laughs> exactly. Exactly. And 
just the, the whole notion of us having to have spreadsheets is just oh. not no it's just not right it's i mean i'm glad you found it no i've been following you long i have seen you talk about it on instagram <laughs> and stuff. I'm like, yeah this is awesome this is the right way to go like yeah. if you're eating the right foods this is one of my big kind of points i want to make in the film and just in life is that when you're eating the species appropriate diet yep you don't need to track that because it makes sense it's like does any other animal track obviously not. exactly that our ancestors track obviously not the problem is we're living in a modern environment so i understand why you are tracking and i understand why people track because we're in this whole modern world and it's totally different and there's all these wacky foods out there that make you overeat and there's just so much going on but if you get back to how we used to eat and you it's it's really just about food choices that's, that's like it. food choices is a thousand times more important than tracking and all that other counting i'm going to put that just, i'm going to make that the audio clip and i'm just going to put it on repeat <laughs> for all the people that that argue the opposite but it's so true even what you said about like species specific diet i read a story recently i think i already told you danny but and maybe you've heard it but they had this gorilla at a zoo that was getting sick and fat and um, they were feeding it, of course, some pre-made garbage mm. food. So then they put the gorilla back on gorilla food, which is, you know, leaves and vegetables and fruit. And the gorilla got healthy again. And it's funny because you, you know, you do you, if you drive by a cow pasture, they all look the same. There's no one fat one or, (laughs) or, you know, like, like they all look pretty much the same and they don't need to be really told what to eat. And most animals do have a diet that's has, you know, very specific foods, you know, I don't know why humans think we can eat all these like night varieties. We're so yeah. resilient. We yeah. can get away with it a lot of times. Because we're smart. A, that's a huge story too. Yeah, we're humans are amazing. We're adaptable. Yeah, but it, it, it it's okay. <laughs> I always get fired up about this stuff. I know. <laughs> if you're eating just the normal foods that you're designed to eat, I'm telling you, it's. I think I have a theory. It's impossible to get fat. Yeah, it's, it right. Is. It's like if you're eating whole foods, you can eat any kind of vegetables, any kinds of meats, and anything. If that's all you're eating. And you're not processing it down to like, you know, juices. You're not right. juicing it. Like, I just think, and if you're not already metabolically damaged, which right. a lot of people are, I think it's almost impossible to really get fat in nature. I mean, yes, you can fatten up for winter a bit, right. you know, when you're eating a lot of squash and yeah, stuff that's like in season. In season, yeah, all the berries and More all this fruit. different hair, honey. Yeah, but it's like, you're not going to be chronically fat. No matter what, how hard you try it, see, you know, if you're eating all whole foods and in season. So that's just a big point is people need to understand it's, it's about the food choices. And that's what happened with me. It's like I never tracked. Okay. I never tracked cows my whole life. I never tracked macros my whole life. Good for you. And so, <laughs> so, but it's also, I just worked, I just was constantly playing sports. But <laughs> when I was, uh, I was told you I was doing my low carb thing, I never tracked anything. And I was, you know, 15 pounds heavier, right? And then I, I, I didn't change anything other than my food choices. And I still didn't track anything. I still just as full, you know what I mean? I'm never like, oh, I'm gonna starve myself and lose right. weight. So all that changed was my food choice. And I dropped 15 pounds and got abs. Yeah. Right. You yeah. know, it's like, well, what else is, I don't know what, what else to say. It's like that uh, it, many people have done the same thing. It's not just me. Right. Yeah. And everything, everything is working the way it's supposed to. So your hunger, your appetite, your, all of these mechanisms are right. telling you when to stop eating and when to sleep and all those things. It's, it's all, it, it's all there. You just got to stop messing with it. <laughs> yeah. The problem is 
the big now the next question kind of is is like this is the environment we live in right it's like how that's how, how do you navigate that right yeah like, that's a, like a hard thing and uh, you know you guys talk about it everyone talks about it. it's like what do we what do we do trying to make suggestions in the film maybe it's like you have to get out of your habits you maybe have to change your environment change you know who you hang out with if people are like oh let's go to McDonald's, like maybe you can't hang out with that person. Yeah. So true. Yeah. There's, there's serious lifestyle decisions that you have to make. And some of them might, might, you might feel like you're missing out or you're, it's hurting your life, but it's, I don't agree with that at all. It's yeah, but they say just, that to, to like, think about it. They say that to, you know, recovering addicts. Yeah. So you stay away from people, places and things. And that's for your overall well-being. And this is the same concept. Yeah. It is for your overall well-being if you can't refrain, you know, or if it's going to be too tempting. Yeah. yeah. And, and you can't have plastic and you can't have, you know, all those things, yeah. all the all the environmental stuff. Yeah. And it's it's just habit, too. Yeah. It's yeah. so interesting how we think it's like, oh, this is – I used to think this, too. It's like I am from Hawaii. Or I grew up born and raised in Hawaii. I was like, I eat rice, right? This is what I do. <laughs> I eat, you know, a yep. meal and then it's rice. Yep. And like, and then I, I never thought I could change that or at least bread or something. And, and I'm like, I resisted. I learned about this, you know, five years ago. And but then I resisted it. Like I was low carb for like three years before, you know, and I was cause just like, I can do it. I can handle it. It's like, <laughs> no, you, 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 it's just your habit. You, you think you can't live without the rice, but that's just the, the like mode that you've been in. Yeah. And I, and, and it's interesting when you, when you break out of those habits and you give it some time and then maybe you, you say, Oh, let me just go back and let me just see. And you go back and it's never what you thought it would be because it was, it's, it's, it's built up so much more in your brain, mm, yeah. in your mind than what it is. And you're just like, I, I can't tell you how many times clients or friends that have, I've kind of turned them on to this way of eating. And they've been like, man, I, I, I did this last night and I totally regret it. And it didn't even taste that good. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you felt sick. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good lesson. I'm, I always just say, look, it's a good lesson. It's a cheap lesson. Just remember that lesson. <laughs> Just, yeah, just bounce back. It's good that you can bounce back, though. Yeah. Bounce back. Yeah. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just say a statement. <laughs> just, every time I eat meat, I slowly kill the Amazon. Discuss. <laughs> Have you oh, seen man. that? I, I mean, I've seen every, yeah, you've see, yeah, every type it. of post about this. I, I haven't seen that exact one, but oh, my God. No, I, I just kind of paraphrase them all in that yeah, statement. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I love, you know, Sean Baker is great. He's he a, cracks he's me up. We need him. We need him in the community. Yeah, he says I'm some saying. things. He says some things that I want personally to say. But that's why we I'm don't like, say I'm it. Glad. He will say it. And yeah. then we could just laugh at exactly. it. Exactly. He, I was just talking to Dr. Bill Schindler, who I mentioned. He, mm -hmm. I t was talking to him about Sean Baker right before we got on this call. Actually, I was like, <laughs> we need a Sean Baker. Yeah, in our we need world. him. Yeah, he's we like do. a superhero. He's like this giant guy. When I first met him, he like crushed my hand. I was like, yeah. who is this giant? Yeah. Yeah, he's protecting us all. <laughs> he's taking the vegan, the blunt, the brunt of it. He is. And he he's, is. He's it. out there. So, so yeah, he he did a lot of good content and posts on this stuff, and I kind of just deferred to him as well. I was like, look at Sean Baker; he's doing some great stuff. But I'll do my overview of it is because I'm I'm learning all about this through the film, and I go to farms and ranches and talk to sustainable farm you know all these type of people so, and frank mitloner if you've heard him i just I talked to no. dr sarah place dr frank mitloner is a professor at uc davis that studies greenhouse gases and climate and Perfect. all that stuff but he is the man like he will destroy every vegan argument he'll just be like well we have the data this is like epa data this is us you know this is not just like our data 
this is nationally recognized or world recognized data that cows are not the problem. They're at like two, you know, 3%. And then you have transportation and all this other stuff, 28%. I mean, there's so much of a story here about methane and how that natural methane is part of a cycle, right? It's like yeah. when a cow's emit methane, it's part, they they've always had ruminants emitting methane, right? It's like this is also short-lived gas. These when you're talking about CO2, it's like a, it's around for like a thousand years, and all this stuff coming from fossil fuels, you know, doing all the other industry we have. Right. That's the real problem. That sticks around for a long time. That is what we should be worried about. And this kind of like animal agriculture is like a smokescreen, right? It's like yeah. this thing that vegans use. It's like, oh, look over here. Yeah. So that's what's going on with this Amazon stuff. It's like, yeah, I mean, they, they're they maybe not doing stuff as well as we are in the United States. You know, we have a lot of laws and a lot of good things going on with our agricultural way we do things, but it's not all the animals, right? They're They're exporting a lot of this soy to other countries, not America. They're exporting their beef to other countries, not America. And the the bigger issue is maybe palm oil. Right? They use yeah, a lot of that oil. is be you know the Amazon's being cleared for palm oil. There's it's being cleared for many things, and we can't just blame it all on the cows. It's it's seriously just like a distraction it from is. the bigger problem. So that's my main hundred <laughs> percent. This is it's funny because that question was really just a just a way for us to all get up some laughs because <laughs> yeah. I think we all kind of knew, but yeah, 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 I still had to ask it. But it's so true. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I get you. But anyways, <laughs> yeah. Um, so as we mentioned before, we are fighting an uphill information battle. Um, we've been paying a lot more attention to more than just what we eat, and we've been sharing with our audience, you know, how we're trying to look for locally sourced, humanely raised and organic food versus, have, versus having stuff flown in from places like New Zealand or South America. How important is this aspect to the overall health and sustainability conversation we're having, in your opinion? Mm, yeah, I think this is huge. Very huge. I love Dr. Gary Fecky. He, yeah, his thing great. is eat local, fresh. Wait, was it fresh, local, seasonal? Fresh, yeah. local, seasonal. So like, that's it. He's like, I, I mean, by default, you're just going to eat an ancestral diet, really, right? right? You're going to yeah. eat an unprocessed sort of lower carb diet because all the carbs aren't always in season, right? right. So, so fresh local seasonal is huge. A lot of these, people don't realize the the vegans don't want to admit that right. all of their stuff is flown in from around the world. Right. Yes. So That's a big problem. That's where the vegetarian myth, I feel like it's so good for that because it comes from a vegan. And she's like, yeah, listen. Yeah, Keith. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, she's a hero. And, yeah, I agree. And just you got to think about. There's so many other things. She she brings so many things to light that you don't think about. It's like okay, growing all these this corn, wheat, and soy, or any kind of even healthy vegetables. Okay, there's row crops of zucchini. All right, what had to be cleared? Entire ecosystems had to be right. destroyed for you to, to get that, that land and grow that. So there's so many things that no one brings up like that. Like how, how many. Complete species have been demolished growing yeah. vegetables. How many things have been flown in from around the world? And look at the carbon footprint. I wanted to do this for the film is do my, do, well, not my own, but to have someone, maybe some university student or, you know, do their doctorate on this and figure out the real carbon footprint of all these foods. Like, what is the real carbon footprint of, of bringing in bananas from around the world? Yeah. Dude, I, I, I would love to see that. Yeah. How cool would it be? Or using the real, usable protein or, or you know what i mean there's oh dr sarah place is another one of these great people studying this stuff 
I did a podcast with her and she's saying, hey, if you look at usable protein, animals are actually almost double as efficient as getting us. Yeah. If you feed crops to animals, that it's way more efficient if you look at the bioavailability of the protein in all these plants. Right? Oh, so like, you're saying use use the the produce that we're probably trying to sell to humans and just giving it to the animals and eating it's more. Actually, of the more animals. efficient. Wow. Yeah, or or just well, just the crops in general. Like, I mean, okay, she. I'm not advocating for just factory farm stuff, but you know, all cows are spend the first two thirds of their life on pasture, and right. then some of them go to feedlots. And so she's trying to just dispel the myth of the that. Okay, yes, we do give some of them forages and other stuff, but actually, only ten percent of their of cows' lifetime feed is human edible. Okay, even f- cows that go in a feedlot, uh that it's actually only 10% of the food that they yeah, get. Yeah, they're they get getting they're getting other this stuff. other stuff, right? Like uh like barley and, and I don't know if it's barley. Um Yeah, no, it's like there's like distillers grains that yeah, are, you yeah. know, leftover or like we make ethanol, we make, you know, ethanol out of corn and then we give them the leftover stuff. I mean, it's not great. You could make different arguments of, oh, well, that has like GMO, you know, Monsanto sprayed a bunch of glyphosate on that corn <laughs> and then stocks and then we gave it to the cows. I mean, there's there's so much to this. But just to know that that it's more efficient to give these animals, they, they eat grass, they eat other forages, they eat leftover foods, they, and they eat some grains. And it's very efficient, actually, at getting humans usable protein because it's more bioavailable. But... But it is very important. I guess the original question is how important are these things to do sustainable, raised, local, seasonal agriculture? Because that sends, okay, you you have to send a message with your wallet. That's kind of like an overused phrase, you know, oh, like vote with your you, dollar, vote with your dollar, that whole thing. But that's like how that's it so works. True, though. That's yeah. how it works. So, because I'm conflicted with this too, because I'm like, oh, you know, like I don't have tons of money. I'm like a struggling filmmaker, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like, like, can I just go to Costco and get some ground beef? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you know, do, do what you can. Yeah. But you have to send the signal that we want more grass finished, yeah. like well-raised meat. So you, and, and you have to buy it. So it's like now, yes, I buy my own meat, obviously, <laughs> from <laughs> nose to tail. But then I also can support my local farmers. You know, if I'm at the farmer's market, I'll buy some meat from them. And this is really cool because it's actually working. So I talked to a guy named Gabe Brown. I don't know if you heard of him. He did a little no. TEDx talk. He's a farmer in like North Dakota or something. He did a TEDx talk. People can YouTube Gabe Brown. And he's one of these guys that are doing great sustainable regenerative agriculture in, on a, in a pretty big scale. He has like a 5,000 acre farm. Wow. He's all about like no-till farming. Like don't dig up the soil. Like use cover crops, right? You don't use... use perennial crops instead of annuals so, i love that conversation i love right? it yeah yes. he just came out with a book i i talked to him on the phone a long time ago i wanted to get him back on a podcast or something but he you know he's just doing great things on a big scale and he told me on the phone about almost two years ago he's like you know i can't tell you the names but there are big food companies contacting me that want to know how to do sustainable agriculture and want to because they know because people they, want it right? they want it right they're like That's they want to make money so it's like it's great it's like these big name you know meat companies or whatever it is they they're coming to me because they know what the consumers want and they know that the shift's going there and they want to try to 
do that. That That's is great to so hear. encouraging, man. That is so good to hear. Um, I, I, I'm on the same boat. Like I, I tell people, do what you can. You know, they, they try to say that even in general, just eat meat is too expensive. And that's a whole different conversation because like, I just tell them, how much food do you throw away? Like we used yeah. to throw away so much away produce, so much man. Food. We would eat like probably 20% and well, throw away the, the produce other goes bad immediately yeah. as well. It goes bad, it goes bad okay. right away. I'm glad you brought this up because this yeah. is another one of my things that I, and I started looking into it and I, I did some research specifically right before I talked to Dr. Sarah Place because I was so interested in this that also, okay. I'm doing, I was asked to speak at a big food industry conference. This is huge for me. Uh, yeah. I get to talk to, in front of like impossible foods and like all oh, this. No way. Yeah. It's a big food industry conference in Chicago at the end of September. Oh, that's, and, I saw that. I saw that you were, you posted about that. Yeah. shared that one. Yeah. I'm going to, so I'm going to speak oh, on wait. why that's eating amazing. meat is good. Why we should be eating more meat. It's good for the environment and our health. Then a vegan lady is going to do a presentation on why we should be eating less meat. And then we're going to have a debate. Yes. That is beautiful. <laughs> That's so good. It's great. Yeah. I'm Okay. So we had a, a prep call with the conference organizers and immediately this vegan lady went, was going crazy and like spouting off all these statistics and being very aggressive. You know, abrasive and aggressive. Yeah. And But it was kind of funny because she kind of showed her hand. She kind of like <laughs> gave me all her information and I'm just taking notes. <laughs> and right. So she's like, oh, well, what about the IPCC? They say, you know, in their new report that land is a valuable resource and we do this, this, this. And so I looked it up and in that report, it came out only a couple of weeks ago. They're saying, they didn't say anything about not eating meat, <laughs> right? There's all these news stories. It's like, oh, IPCC report, eat less meat. It's like, it yeah, did they not just, mention meat. They just meat. say that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, maybe you can interpret that, but you know, there's a bigger story here, but we're talking about food waste now. This is, this is all coming back to food waste. So yes. yeah. I looked it up and they said what a major way to help the environment and, you know, make an impact is food waste. Let's, and they have all these strategies for to lessen food waste, right? And I looked up their numbers from the FAO and all the food, not all the food, uh, the vast majority of food waste comes from plant foods. Just like oh, you said. Of course. Like, yep. So it's not just your experience. Obviously, everyone kind of knows that this is true. But this is, they have data on this and it's, and I, I moved around their, their numbers, not numbers, they, they had a bar graph and they kind of had it all mixed and you couldn't figure it out. And then I, I put all the plant foods on the left and I put all the animal foods on the right. And it was the vast majority of the plant foods are wasted and of everyone, course. of course, uses the animal foods because they're more valuable. They're more nutritious. Like there's so many things about it. Yeah, man. I'm so happy you brought that up. And that's that's what we're trying to tell people too. And and just looking into um, purchasing larger quantities, like especially like quarter cows, half, you know, half steer, full steer, if you can swing it, that will give you super cheap food. Like, you know, it could come down to like $2 a pound, $3 a pound. And, and think about set. it. How much does that yeah. think about it? Like, okay, realistically, I mean, probably, well, with you, we would need more than one cow, but probably two mm. or like a cow and a few goats and like yeah. chickens. Like, that's all like we would need to feed our family for a year, probably. How much yeah. plants would you need? Like, yeah. it's just, it doesn't make oh, any sense. I can't sense. imagine the volume. I can't even of... imagine the volume because you also have to try to get vitamins somehow. <laughs> yeah, and our soil is depleted of vitamins too. Right. I saw a study, it's like 80 to 90% of the magnesium is lost in our wow. food because of the soil in the past 100 years. So yeah, no, you're, you're so right. This is like kind of that big analysis I want to see done, you know, of like, yeah. what is the real carbon right. footprint? Like, what's the real story? Because how much land does it take? If you're looking at the bioavailable food, 
you know, and vitamins and minerals and actual nutrients you get from just say lettuce, like lettuce is mostly water, right? right? Like how many fields of lettuce yeah. are there, right? And how much <laughs> energy does that take to make and all this? And, and all just for water. Us, it's just water. I mean, I don't have a problem with lettuce. Actually, lettuce is one of the better vegetables because it's low carb and it has low anti-nutrients, yeah. right? So right. it's like, I'll make a sardine. I'll get a bunch of sardines and put them on, on some lettuce. But but it's like, what what is the impact of that lettuce, right? right? It's yes. like, we don't get much nutrition out of it. Yeah. And yeah. it's funny because Maura, she she has an MRT food sensitivity panel. She She's actually sensitive to lettuce. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. But I'll do like bok choy or something. Because I do miss the crunchiness sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I could do like bok choy and stuff. Um I think you would be interested, Brian. Like we, um, I don't know if you've heard of the company Rep Provisions. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, we Glad you we that just up. interviewed Eric, uh, Ryan. Oh, Ryan, Ryan, yeah, one of the ugly. guys from there, and um, they're doing something called regenerative regenerative yeah. farming. They're part and of it's, they're a savory institute. They're a savory mm. hub. So, oh yeah, the savory, savory institute. You know, like mm-hmm. Alan Savory and his oh, TED yeah. Talk. And I'm all trying that. to get a hold of him. Actually, he's out on like missions, and I can't. Oh not wow. Missions, but he's like, yeah, I've talked to people, and they're like, oh, maybe in like three months. Man, okay. <laughs> that's uh, well. I'll connect you with Ryan if you want to talk to him because I, like I said, they're they have this company um, that that it's basically their two products are they have like some beef sticks and then they have pecan butter and actually they have the beef sticks with the pecan butter and that's Ooh, actually I've amazing. Tried those, actually. Oh, oh, you, you tried it? It's out in they, Colorado. Were they at Paleo? Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yeah, they were at Paleo Effects, Yeah. I remember getting yeah some of the oh it's great it was super good delicious and and they they're doing obviously they're they're it's kind of like a lot of this stuff is trial and error and they're trying to figure out how can they they say that sustainability is the bridge to regeneration so mm. sustainability cool but we we need to at some point stop spinning our wheels and and start to get some of this stuff back start to you know, really hold on to that carbon, really get that soil healthy again. And, um, and I just thought it was amazing because he really got me to think, ask Mauda, like ever, ever since we'd spoken to him, I've been thinking about this whole idea of like living a regenerative lifestyle and how can I live a lifestyle in which, and don't tell me, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not anywhere near there, but Mm -hmm. imagine having the goal to live a life that, that every decision you make, if it's applicable, gives back to the world. So when you when you think about it that way, you realize how most of your meat, most of your diet needs to be meat. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, because yeah. if you eat too much plants, it's it just it it pulls it's too taking. much. Like you said it's about the lettuce, take take, yeah. yeah, it's take take take. That's my big argument that I'm going to present to this conference and this vegan oh, lady. So it's like how I don't know how she's going to respond to that. I'm like, okay, when it all comes down to it, plants just take and animals give back. So what's your story? Like what I don't, I don't what's your alternative? What's your solution, you know? I can you can say yeah, yeah, I I get it. The way industrial raised meat isn't g- great, right? Especially, you know, like chicken and pork. Right. Yeah. That's a whole other story. I I'm focused on beef, you know, beef is at least it's 2 thirds of their life on grass. Right. But it, yeah, it's like what what's your story? It's it's all take and no give. Yeah, that's yeah. a good good way that's to a frame good it. One. Well, we can't wait to see what hear what she's got to say. Yeah, we got to somehow. Well, yeah. And also, <laughs> oh yeah, I'm I'm nervous already for. Just oh, I know, I'm, I know, I'm. Like, I, I would be nervous. <laughs> but uh, what you're talking about is your little thought experiment. Is you know how do I live this life? I just want to bring up Tara again, the yes. slowdown farm. Yes, yes, yes. Like yes. she basically she's lives that example. life. Yeah, she lives that life. All like the she, butter that she's like she's putting everything, she's storing it away. I mean, I can't even imagine the level of of just organization that she has because all Ooh, of it. It's it is so amazing. We spent two and a half days there, life changing. But yet she has all these big freezers. You know, she'll have the big 
So yeah, they they slaughter a cow at the peak of nutrition, right? When it's eating all the most nutrient-dense grass in, throughout the spring. And then they, they slaughter it and then they freeze. They cut it up. Her husband, they have a whole shop and they cut it up and then they save it in all their deep freezers and they eat it over the course of the year. And yeah, so everything is used, all the bones, all the butter. She does everything by hand. I mean, that, that's like the goal, right? Yeah, it's like, this it is, is like the gold standard. It's like, they're almost just completely self-sufficient. They could be self-sufficient. I mean, yeah, they, they get some like sustainable, you know, seafood and stuff like that to supplement because obviously they can't do all that themselves. Mm-hmm. But they needed to be. They could be completely self-reliant and they would just be giving back to the environment, right? They're just building the soil on their property as they go. Yeah, their piece of the world is 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 just a-okay. That yeah. whole piece of the world that yeah. they that they are 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 like have been given and they are um, stewards of is is doing sure awesome. And I great. imagine like going back to what you said. If everybody was it you who said who told us because we recorded with someone else was it you who said if what if everybody was eating this way or it might have been the oh maybe before but I mean <laughs> I uh, I love that message too yeah, yeah. Like, what if we all did this yeah I heard Ken Berry talk about that it's like we could save like a trillion two trillion dollars oh, man you know what and I've also thought of this a lot. <laughs> Not only that, but like how many other like big companies would go out of business, right? Like I was, I was driving by a CVS the other day and I was thinking to myself how that could go out of business. And my life personally would be unscathed. Like I I actually don't really need anything in there. You know, like there's pretty much nothing in there that I really truly need. And it's just crazy. Like imagine like, or like pharmacies would be so much smaller, like just for like emergencies, like stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I, yeah, so really, the it's I love talking about Tara and her farm, but it's it's not realistic for everyone. But the main thing is just do just work there. It's kind of like that journey where you go from low carb and yes. then into and then into organ meats. It's like just go on the journey, yeah. however long it takes, and you know do the best you can. And it, it's amazing what happens like year by year. You you know, yeah. If you're mindful and intentional about it, um, it's gonna. There's things are gonna change. You're gonna continue to change and get better. One hundred percent, man. Um, I have one more question uh, because I know we're, we we want to be respectful of your time, but I, I want to ask you how are you spending your time these days? So, in specific, like, what does your work life balance look like, and and how do you in- structure it to like include time for things like you know working out, activities, you know, being outside, film stuff, researching? Because this is a struggle for me, so I'm just I'm always mm. trying to figure this one out. Struggle yeah. for us all. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm all about like efficiency and logistics. I think I, I guess it comes from my mechanical engineering background. Oh, and yeah. All the, yeah. I'm always thinking about how to optimize things like, oh, what if I like did this first and then do that? You know, yeah, <laughs> I'm really into that. But well, for one, I'm in a different situation. I'm single. That's huge for me. Right. If, yeah. if Truth, I don't have facts. kids, yeah. yeah, it's like I have a lot more time in the day than most people. And so, yeah, I. I mean, I, w- I work till midnight a lot. I just, I love it because it's not work for me, right? That's it's awesome. like, I, it's like, I'm just creating graphics or, you know, watching presentations or, it, you know, a million things going on. But I'd say, I don't know, the, the best things I have to say is, uh, well, for one, find something you're passionate about. That's, yeah. that's the biggest thing. It's like, make it seem like it's not work. Or at least even if you have a normal job. Yeah, of course. Most people have to have normal jobs, but either get you know make it exciting for yourself or have some other type of thing you can do afterwards that you're passionate about but i don't think it's not as hard if you if you care about it for one thing yeah Yeah. and 
And just, you know, what's weird is some people who have too much free time, they're really not efficient. They're not productive. So true. That's happened right? to me. Yeah. Well, it's you even know? happened to me, like on my quote unquote lazier days. I'm like, I feel better when I'm so busy. And so I actually, busy. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. So I'm, I know, knew a guy who was like in med school and he was working a job and he was doing something else, you know, and he was, I'm like, this guy's doing way more than me. And like, I'm just, you know what I mean? This was years ago. I was just sitting around. I was like, wow. So- yeah, just use your time wisely. Like, if, it's crazy how if you have a schedule, you can be more productive. So I kind of just try to do that and just keep. I also have the opportunity to work on many different things. So if I kind of get bored or frustrated or tired of one thing, then I'll move to the next. Yeah, that's and true. And then and then just make it part of your life. I so cooking food for me is huge. It sounds like you guys is yeah make most it. of your food right. Yeah, yeah. yeah we everything. barely eat out because you never know what's going to happen. No, like you don't eat out anymore because of the vegetable oils. Yeah, yeah. It's so hard. It's like ah, I don't even. It's not really appealing for me to eat out anymore. Plus, yeah, it's so expensive same. to get stuff that I'm like. I'll make that meat. better at home. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was saying. I'm like, have you tried my steak? I mean, I got like a oh man. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, if, if you're cooking it, I cook it all my own meals. And then I work at home, lucky as well to do that. But then I always make time for my workout too. It's like, I only work out for 18 minutes a day, just Monday through Friday. Oh, awesome. Like there's, you can do a lot with that. Yeah, I, I know, you, I mean, you're a giant guy. Yeah, I mean, you, you can work out. But like, <laughs> I, I'm not necessarily giant, but I, I can build muscle by doing, you know, oh, a yeah, simple you workout. Absolutely. Compound movements, go to failure, right? Yeah. I do for drop sure. sets. Absolutely. I have a weight vest, like all this stuff. It's people, I think partly it's, it's, it's such a big production for some people to go work out oh my that gosh, yeah. they end up not doing it, right? If my yeah. workout's so simple and enjoyable, then I will do it every day. Yeah, right? it's like Absolutely. I, I almost never miss a day Monday through Friday because it's like, hey, why would I not just go to the gym for 18 minutes? I do my workout it's, and I'm done. <laughs> like yeah. I'm not killing myself with cardio. Like I, I'm just so against like this extended cardio because I used to do that. Yeah. And that's my it's time consuming. Picture. And it doesn't, I don't know. Yeah. You, you could just get hungrier. Like it doesn't do much for you. Like yeah. I was like skinny fat when I was doing cardio. It's like I had like skinny arms and like a belly. Yeah. You know, it was like, it's yeah. so worthless. And then I, I, I haven't done cardio in forever. I mean, I play basketball a lot. Uh, well, once a week when we have our season, but I, I don't do cardio. Yeah. And yeah, me neither. I'm, honestly, I don't do cardio. I don't do cardio either. It's, it I, do, totally I love to walk. I'll do a lot of walking. Yeah, we try to we try to stay active all day and like walk like to the that. park with our kids and make sure we're like moving all day. That's better. That's yeah. Which is better, thing. right? Exactly. Because that's, yeah. that's right? the thing. Yeah. Exactly. Ancestrally, you're not gonna just and that's have, like, another only, thing. Only move for two hours out of the day, and then the rest of the day you're sitting. Right. Oh, Brian, you might want to. Um, there was a a Ben Greenfield episode that I listened to with a guy. He had. Um, who unfortunately the book I it's not on audiobook and it's I, I looked at it on audi- on Audible because I'm always trying to listen to books as much as possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. But he he's I think he's an anthropologist and he talks about he talks about like the type of bow draws we used to do like like the amount of force that you would have to put on some of these mm-hmm. older bows and they got on the subject of of burning calories and things like that and they said that this kind of blew my mind but it, then it made sense when they explained why is that. We are kind of burning the same amount of calories as we did in earlier times, like paleo mm-hmm. times. But a lot of it is to, has to do with the fact that one, our brains are just doing so much more and processing so much more that that takes energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then number two, I don't think he said this, but I say this, like we do this thing where we go into this building and then we lift pieces of weight, like weighted <laughs> things and we do it for like an hour and a half. 
But in general, um, it's so much better to do that, that more ancestral type where you're just, you're, you're chilling. You do, uh, let's say 18 minutes of sprinting or, or 18 minutes of lifting. And then you just chill again. And then maybe later on in the day, you, yeah. you know, you, you do 10 pushups or a hundred pushups or whatever for five minutes. That's that, that intermittent constant moving. Yeah. It's just so much better. And I'm, I'm actually, that's also part of this whole system i guess i i'm building for myself for my life yeah and framework. i think we sh- yeah, yeah it's framework man it, it's it just feels i feel like i'm coming into more of a just a natural less forced existence um and of course i think you saw i'm sure you saw when i posted about not tracking and stuff mm-hmm. i'm so much more productive <laughs> yeah yeah it's more natural <laughs> i love that yeah just Going on walks is huge. Getting the sun is huge. Yeah, getting. I'm yeah. learning a lot more about like vitamin D and oh man, oh, yeah. the sun is huge. And and yeah, like having try to have a stand up desk, right? You're yeah, we around. do. Yep. Yep. I actually right now I'm sitting at my stand up desk. And he's got his feet on his grounding. <laughs> but pad. I got my feet on a grounding pad because um, <laughs> I haven't been outside much today because we've been doing a bunch of recording. So yeah, well, it, I right. love that framework. I love that. Um, yeah, kind of wrap up. I'm kind of trying to do my own framework too. Actually, I've been calling it the Sapien. Sapien. Yeah, I love, I love it. I love the I love site. It. I've seen I it. love the everything cool about it. It's almost, um, I love that one. And there was another one that I thought, um, oh, the Clovis culture. I love that name too. Because that's mm. like, oh, you know, American you paleo yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, historical stuff. So yeah, that guy has a good page too. But Sapien. Yeah, to me, it's just, it's like, yeah, this is what humans should be doing. Right. There's a whole framework. We're probably like totally on the same page. I yeah. kind of know we are. It's like, totally. what is this framework for humans? It's like, yeah, you're getting outside, you're moving, all this nutrition, everything. It's a so, lifestyle. Sapien.org. Yeah. And then my my other thing is eat densely, move intensely. <laughs> oh, oh, I, I like love it. that. I like densely. it. You know, it's like. People, yeah, people are like, eat less, move more. I'm like, that's the most worthless thing I've ever heard, right? That might be the name of that this episode. That might be the name of your episode. <laughs> eat densely, move intensely. Intensely. No, it's, I love it's it. seriously like eat nutrient-dense foods and do, and move. you know, move intensely. Yeah, do sprints, like love lift, it. like do something explosive and you're done. I love it. Well, before we let you go, can you tell people where to find out more about you, learn about um, what you're doing and support your mission and projects? And we'll put it all in the show notes, of course. Oh, yeah. Thanks so much for that. Yeah, yeah. So the film, a long time ago, you asked, how can people support the film? Yeah, foodlies.org. We're still on Indiegogo. We're trying to just pre- you know, oh, pre-order, yes. have people pre-order. We, you know, we have shirts. Uh, we, I have oh, my other thing is it's not the meat. It's what else you eat. It's what else you eat, not the meat. And it says eat meat. It's a, it's a great oh, shirt. Great. Yes. It just Love says, it. Yeah. Because come on, like everyone who talks to him, like it's not the meat. I know. It's what else you eat. Yeah. Right. Like that's where the problems are. You can't convince me that it's yeah, something we've no. been eating for all of history yeah. is, is, is the problem. So, yeah, we have stuff like that uh, for supporting the film, foodlies.org, and then sapien.org. That's sapien. the, the company, and it, you can kind of find everything from sapien.org. Everything awesome. will kind of branch off from there. Awesome. Perfect. Well, Brian, thank you so much, man. We this were so excited great. to talk to you, and you totally just even blew away our expectations. Yep. So thank you, man. <laughs> thank great you. Well, I've been looking forward to this one, too. I'm glad. We had so much fun.
head over backwards just for you.